It is so very good to see each and every one of y'all today. I have missed y'all so very much, and I've missed being here. And I'm going to jump into the message right quick, and um, I pray that it blesses each and every one of you here in this room today. And I wanted to preface it before I get into it as something to kind of, kind of remember or kind of be put in our thoughts, especially with all that's been going on right now. And this is not something to dwell on, but it's something to definitely be reminded of, is that the devil is a liar. He was a liar in the beginning. He's a liar today, and he always will be a liar. He will tell you that you're alone. He will tell you that God's plan is not working. He will tell you that you've been cut off. And I'm here to tell you by the, by the power and in the command from Jesus that you are not alone. Because what can separate you from his love? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing can separate you from the love of Jesus Christ. Nothing. And see, everything in this world will tell you that we are separated. We, you might even sit there saying, um, hello, 16 weeks, I have been. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus has been right there with each and every one of us the whole time. And he has a pattern throughout scripture of when it looks like things are not going right, he's there. And he is moving and he is working in ways that we don't even think about, that we may not even know about. And when it's revealed of that he was behind the plan from the whole time, it gives him more glory. And we can say, wow, look at that. Imagine. Imagine the night when Jesus was crucified. His disciples and followers are scattered thinking, well, that was fun. Well, that ended real quickly. Well, that's over. But in that moment on the cross, God was doing the most wonderful miracle of all. He was taking my sins and your sins in his own self. The son was taking the sins of the whole world into his body and was conquering hell, death, and the grave all in that moment for me and for you. It looked like garbage to us, and it was amazing grace to God. And it was when we found out later on what was going on, what happened, the whole world, his disciples can't stop talking about it because it is good news that lasts. It is good news that is independent of what bad news might be out there today. No matter what may come. And I know that's saying a lot because a lot can come. That's really easy to say when, when I'm not going through a storm. It's really easy to say, Jesus, what are you doing? We're about to sink. Don't you care? And he's off sleeping. But what happens? Jesus gets up and says, peace be still. Because the word of Jesus is powerful. There's power in his word. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 13, starting at verse 1 through 9. And then we'll be skipping to verse 18 through 23. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea, and great crowds gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach, and he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, 
and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. And then skipping over to verse 18, this is Jesus speaking again. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who receives the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. In this reading today, we have a paradox. God's word is all-powerful, and yet it can be resisted. These truths seem to contradict one another. If God's word is all-powerful, then it cannot be resisted. If God's word can be resisted, then it's not all-powerful. Yet our reading this morning calls us as Christians to believe in a paradox. God's word is all-powerful, and it can be resisted. When you hear the Old Testament reading from Isaiah that goes along with this verse, you see how God's word is all-powerful. Using natural imagery, Isaiah proclaims that God accomplishes what God wants through his word. For as the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return there but water the earth, so shall my word be. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose. God's word is all-powerful, and God accomplishes what he desires with it. Yet in the gospel reading of Matthew, Jesus tells the parable of the sower and teaches his disciples that God's, God's all-powerful word can be resisted. The sower goes out to sow, and some of the seeds are snatched away. Some are scorched, and some are choked. Only a portion, a fourth, of the seed produces grain. When you hold these two readings together, you encounter a paradox of faith. God speaks an all-powerful word that can be resisted. This is an important paradox for us to meditate on because it helps us make sense of the tension we see in the ministry of Jesus, both in the Gospel of Matthew, and it makes sense in our lives today. See, we have a wonderful God who doesn't just tell us fairy tales. He goes right into our reality, and he tells it like it is, but it doesn't negate his good word. In Matthew's gospel, Jesus has begun to encounter opposition to his teaching and miracles. Remember that? Earlier, Jesus spoke and disciples followed. Now, however, he has begun to encounter resistance. Pharisees challenge his miracles and question his teachings. Earthly rulers oppose the kingdom. Jesus warns his disciples of future opposition and denounces the cities who reject him. Yet, amid demonic forces, earthly powers, and religious leaders who resist his teaching, Jesus continues in God's mission. So this paradox Jesus offers his disciples that God has an all-powerful word which can be resisted is not just an intellectual exercise. 
It is a spiritual reality. They have seen the word of God cast out demons, steal storms, and heal withered hands. But they have also seen the powers of government, religious institutions, and indeed the devil himself oppose such work. How are the disciples to respond? How are they supposed to respond to this? In this parable, Jesus offers an encouraging word. God's word works. Even in the face of opposition, God's word can and will bear fruit. Such words are powerful for us today. Because think about the sower. If that's a farmer, he's a very careless farmer. He's not looking at where the right ground to place the right seed in. He's just throwing it everywhere. He's just taking the seed and he's just throwing it on all the places where seed should not go. And what happens? Yes, life happens, joy happens, but some take root. And there is a harvest. And the God's seed in that parable works. Did the sower look to see if the soil was good? No, he just gave it. He just threw it out. He recklessly spent all that he had giving out his word because it is for all. It's not my place to decide whether or not the soil is good. It's my place to throw God's word out to all, to all people because that's who it's for. Don't get discouraged when you're sharing the good news to someone and it looks like it's hitting rocks because it might be. But that's not your pay grade. Your pay grade is not to decide whether or not you're giving the gospel to the right people. It is your pay grade to give the gospel to all. Everyone. Everyone is a, is a recipient, is, a, is an eligible recipient to hear the good news. That Christ was crucified for the forgiveness of their sins. You don't know what the Holy Spirit is doing in that person's heart. That's his pay grade. That's his job. And another thing about the sower, does it say it was a one-time event? Does it say that he sowed just that one time? Christianity no longer has the status it once had in our cultural setting. While some might remember the good God has done through the church, others attack our beliefs as destructive of a common public life. Whether it be accusations that Christianity has been used to oppress the weak and minority, to fuel hate for sinners, the news media, social media, posts resist the words and works of Jesus. It is easy to imagine with pessimism the coming months and years of what Christians may be facing in our culture. That's easy to do that. That's easy to go the pessimistic route. In such a world, it is easy to wonder how long we can keep going. Jesus, however, offers us an encouraging word. His parable acknowledges our reality. God's word can and will be resisted. We are not missing the right communication techniques, the appropriate public relations programs, the right presentation in the church, the right music, the right clothes, the right special effects, special programs, special services, or the best speakers to turn everyone's head around. We're not missing all that. No, we proclaim an all-powerful word that can be resisted, and we know in our lives in great detail the power of such resistance. But Jesus reminds us that God does have an all-powerful word. Rather than retreat into the safe havens of our congregations, rather than hide our faith from public notice, Jesus encourages us to trust in the Spirit's work through the word. 
even though this word can be resisted, it remains all-powerful and will accomplish the good growth God desires for his kingdom. Jesus is the word made flesh who encountered deadly resistance. He died under the attacks of this world upon God's word. But God raised him from the dead and Jesus sent forth his people proclaiming his word to reach all nations, bringing the kingdom of God to the ends of the world. We cannot control the resistance of people to God's word, but we can trust in God's power and promise to work through his word. You see, the Christian faith is not so much about trying. It's about trusting. Trusting if God meant what he said he meant. Trusting what God said is true. Because remember, the devil from the beginning will say, eh, did God really say? So for me, this parable of the sower does not call us to turn our attention inward to examine our hearts and question, what kind of soil am I? No, this parable turns our eyes outward to the public conflicts of our world. It asks us to look out the windows of our churches and see how the word is being stolen from some by Satan, how it is being scorched among others who begin to follow but fall away, and how it is being choked out by those who would rather have the pleasures of plenty than the poverty of the kingdom. But if we continue to look out the windows and see all the suffering and resistance, we will soon see a familiar figure walking on the distance in the horizon. He's got scars in his hands, and where he goes when he gives his word and his promises to their iron clad. If Jesus has promised you something, and he has, he promised that if you are with him, you will live. You will not die. Where he is, you will be also. Those are the promises that you take to the bank. No matter what this world says, no matter what it says, how cut off and how, how everything is just falling apart, we remember what Jesus said. That today, you will be with him in paradise. To someone who was like this right next to him, with the whole world was coming after him, Jesus gave him a promise. And this is not to belittle anyone's trial or cross they may be bearing right now. I'm here to encourage you that Jesus is on a cross right next to you. He's there with you. Yea, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, God is with you. Okay, death, you're coming after me? Guess what? Jesus is right next to me. What can separate you from the love of Christ? Nothing. Jesus, the sower, continued to walk amid such great opposition and continued to speak his word and do his work trusting that even though it is being resisted, this is still God's all-powerful word, and it brings about his kingdom where and when God desires. So hear God's word of the gospel. May it sustain you. May it add to your faith and give you hopeful optimism. Even in the worst of times, Christ was crucified for the forgiveness of your sins. Receive the gift of salvation from believing in him. That He has done this for you. He has done this for you. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. 
May it be that every time you are given the gospel in his word, your faith is increased in Christ. Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Oh, Pastor Zach. Man, he's gotten real enthusiastic in the last 16 weeks. Hallelujah. Good job. Good to see you. Praise God. Good to see every one of you. We're closing moments in the service. Uh, when we leave, they'll be showing you the way out. You can take your tithes and offerings and drop it out. You can fellowship uh, downstairs. Uh, or in the parking lot, or whatever you want. You, you know, if you want to greet people, it's good to see you. But I would like to recognize. I want to say one thing. Come on, I was going to recognize you too. So Eugene, come on, sir. I want. I want to say thank you for all your prayers. I want to thank you for all the food. It lasted till the end of June. I made it last that long. My family appreciates it. I appreciate everything you've done for me. God has been so good. He's been so faithful. <laughs> that song that Pastor G was talking about, I, I just couldn't even sing it. I was crying the whole way. But he is so good, and I'm here to tell you that he will prevail. This week on national TV, they said God wasn't perfect. It's like, what are you talking about? Jesus is perfect. His love is perfect. His peace is perfect. And if you choose not to listen to him, that's your choice. Just like he said, the seed fell on some rock there. And it's like, no, my Jesus never fails. He's never failed me. Not through anything. I just want to tell you that I thank you for your love. I want to tell you that I, the grace and mercy that God has shown me has been overwhelming. I get up every morning and every night and I praise his name. It's not the same as it was, but it's going to be all right. I want to thank you. Hallelujah. We'll be uh, announcing the celebration service for Debbie very soon. We'll be emailing you out. But I wanted to mention Eugene. I want you to pray for him. Also, what do you pray for the Garcia family? Isaiah came through a, a wonderful miracle. He really did. And we're looking for the completed work. And they're standing and looking on the completed work also. Also, Deborah and Johnny's grandson. Uh, I mean, the attacks that we had, you've no idea. He was back and forth to the hospital. And it was touch and go for him too. But he's came through. It is a miracle baby. A miracle little boy. So let's keep praying for, for Joseph and Tiara and their son. And even Solomon, too, as part of the family. Also, update on Jessie. Jessie's been very, very ill. She's been in, in and out of uh, intensive care. She's now down, uh, uh, down in Emory. Uh, she had a spinal tap yesterday. And uh, uh, she's still going to be there for a, a week or so. But you can contact her through her cell phone, which is in the directory. Also, continue to call friends and people that you love and to encourage them and to, to lift them up. Continue to do that if they come into your heart and mind. 
Because, you know, that call is maybe the only good news they've heard that week. So let's continue to do that. And uh, I want to thank all of you for your prayers during this difficult time. I want to thank every one of you who took part in the food train and kindnesses and all the things that you've done. As I say, I'm the face, but you guys have the actions. You guys have put into action everything. And I don't know what I would do without you, and I don't want to find out. Yeah. When you leave this morning, they'll usher you out starting at that side first. Just wait in your seats until we usher you out into the back. And I want to thank you for being here today. I want to pray earnestly. God, God bless you all. It's really nice to see you. And uh, I am glad that I got to have the opportunity. I had even texts this morning from Delaware and all over wishing us all the best. Sorry they couldn't be here with our, for our opening, but uh, God is good. One other guy I want to mention. Matt, stand up. Matt has a business, a cleaning business. It's called the best. best choice, what? Best. What's it called? Best choice, I can't hear you. What's it called? Best Choice Cleaning, and he's been in here, fumigated. He was in here last night and did it all, and he's done a wonderful job. And I'm so, so proud of him. I'm proud of every one of you. So with that said, I'm going to close in prayer. Pastor John will see you out, and uh, good to see you, Deborah, and everyone else. Wonderful to see you all, and I just love you all in Jesus' name. So just wait in your seats until we'll show you out. You got to play something, Norman? Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for each and every one, every home that's represented here today. I pray that your blessing will go with them, Lord, that your love will shine through them and that they'll be uplifted from being here, from the words they've heard, the songs that they've sung. And Lord, let us not lose our song. Let us not be like Chirpy and look out into space and lose our song. Let us continue to sing every breath to thank you and to uplift you and to praise you and glorify and magnify your name. God bless every one of you in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>